0: Welcome to the Waymaker Church Ministry Podcast. We hope that you get encouraged while you listen to the preaching and teaching of Pastor Mike Noyman. You can get up again. And what I want you to know is this regardless if you feel yourself falling today, you know, there's that old saying that says, I've fallen and I can't get up. I've got some good news for you. Even if you've fallen today, you can get back up. You may have fallen, you may have failed, you may have made some mistakes. But I want to tell you today, that is not not God's plan for your life. You may be down today, but that's not where you're going to stay. I believe that even though you've experienced failures, you've experienced some difficulties and some struggles in your life, I love what what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says. Let me just give you some excerpts from that. It says, I am hard-pressed. Has anybody in here ever felt hard-pressed by life? Hard-pressed by difficulties and circumstances and situations? It says, I am being pressed on every side. Everywhere I look, I'm getting pressed. I feel pressure, but I'm not crushed. He goes on to say, I'm perplexed. Anybody here ever felt that they were just perplexed? I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure how to handle this situation. I'm not sure where to go or how to get out of the mess I find myself in today. I'm just a little bit perplexed, but I'm not in despair. He goes on to say, I'm struck down. Anybody have, had anything ever knocked you down? So far, you haven't voted on any of these things. You've never been perplexed? You've never been knocked down. I don't know about you, but I've had some situations in life that have knocked me flat on my face before. It says, I've been struck down, but I am not destroyed. I want to tell you today and encourage you that you may be down, but understand this, you are not out. Look at your neighbor and say, you may be down, but you are not out. You are not out. Can somebody say praise God to that? Listen, I want to give you some keys to success, and I don't use that as just some flippant little statement today. Because a lot of times people say, I want to give you seven keys to success. You follow these seven keys, you're going to be successful. Because over the course of life, God has done some drastic and radical things in my life. I've had people ask me, many times ask me, how in the world do you continue to stand in the face of defeat? How in the world do you keep going when everything around you seems to be falling apart? How do you keep your head up and keep faith alive when situations and circumstances, defeat is staring you in your face? How in the world do you continue on and not move into the realm of discouragement, despair, and even depression? I've even had people ask me this. Are you really just faking it or is this how you live your life? Well, I've got some news for you. It's not me faking it. Because I can honestly tell you, in the face of defeat, in the face of discouragement, in the face of despair, over a period of time, if you're faking it, you will collapse and you will cave. And I'll be honest with you, my human nature, my old nature, really says, throw in the towel, give up, walk away, quit, and give in. And you're sitting there thinking, well, it's because you're 54, and you're thinking, well, I don't want to start over again. No, it has nothing to do with age. There are plenty of people at age 54, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, and 80 that give up and walk away. Has nothing to do with age. But my human nature, my old man, my old way of doing things says give up, give in, throw in the towel, walk away, why bother? But something happened to me something down inside shifted, something changed, and that's what I want you to see today. We're going to look in the Word of God, and I begin to look through the Word of God, not just today, not just this week, but I begin to look in the Word of God at men and women of God that how they move from defeat into the areas of victory, how they, how they continue to stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand, what should you do? Just keep standing. One of the things that I want you to see is this, is that when Jesus came to this earth... What it was, it was God's way of exposing man to a higher way of living. It was God's way of exposing him to an experience that he wanted him to live and how he wanted him him to live. Jesus embodied everything that God had to offer us. Think about that. Jesus himself embodied everything that God had to offer us. So Jesus comes to this earth. He walks among men. He exposes us to a different way of life that we can have. For the first 12 years of Jesus' life, when you think about this, because this encourages me, because we think that every moment we should be actively involved, making progress, doing something, and sometimes we think just because we're not making a big splash, we're not making progress. Not true. For the first 12 years of Jesus' life, we see no mighty acts, no great miracles, nothing really to speak of, of any accomplishments, You say, well, he was up to 12 years old. Well, then for 18 years, for the next 18 years, we see absolutely nothing from 12 to 30. Absolutely nothing. The Bible tells us nothing about Jesus. We don't have a clue what he did. Think about that. Most of what you read in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, happened between the ages of 30 and 33. And in just three short years, think about it, three years, Jesus made an impact He made an impact that cannot be snuffed out. He he created and established a faith that nobody has been able to extinguish to this day. Think about that. In three years, walking among men, the Bible says that the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, exposing men for three years. Think about it to the possibilities of higher thinking, to the possibilities of a higher way of living, and to the possibilities of higher principles within our life, showing them what God could do if you would bring God into the areas of your life. When you think about the disciples, there was really no way that the disciples could walk away from what they had learned and what they had experienced. There is no way that the disciples could renounce what they had experienced once they had been exposed. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, and I want to read a passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1. Everybody have their Bible this morning? Oh, can we make a little noise up in here? Anybody got, everybody got their Bible this morning? Yeah. We're going to begin reading Ephesians chapter 1. Everybody found it? Verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus... The faithful in Christ Jesus, he's writing to who? The church of Ephesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now he's telling us right there, God, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that we could possibly ever want or need through Jesus Christ. Everything that we need is where? Found in Jesus is what he's saying. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now before you go off and think that this is a teaching on predestination, that is not the teaching of predestination at this point in the scripture. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he was not willing that... Who... Any Okay, so that, if that's predestination, that was his desire. That's what he's saying here. God's desire was that no one would perish. That is his desire. He hasn't gone around and said, okay, you're going to make it, you're going to hell. You're going to make it, you're going to hell. Sorry for you, sorry for you. Oh, you're going to be okay. That's predestination. He's saying... He had already predetermined that he wasn't willing that any should perish. Come on, somebody. He predestined us. He determined that no one should perish, should perish but be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. That is his pleasure and his will, that none be perishing, that would perish. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption. So in Jesus we have What? We have redemption. What does that mean? He bought us back from destruction. How many of you were living a life of destruction? My God, how many of y'all are just lying right now? Y'all aren't going to vote for anything. By the end of the service, I will have you voting. Martha, where are you? Sign them up to vote, girl. Sign them up. In, in him, we have redemption through his blood. What is that? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So that, now when somebody lavishes something on you, does it sound like they're sparing anything? No, it says he lavished on us, what? All wisdom and understanding. Think about that. He didn't hold back any wisdom or any understanding, but he lavished on us all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. Meaning this, this, Sometimes I hear people say, I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what God's will is. It says, He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ Jesus to be put into effect when the times we have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan. He's got a plan for us. He determined a plan who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. So not only does he have a plan, he's saying here, but he works out everything to ensure that that plan is accomplished within our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Are y'all all right this morning? Since we're here, let's go ahead and have church. Is that okay? In order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be... For his praise, the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now listen to this. For this reason... Ever since I heard about you, the faith, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Here's what I want you to hear today, verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. One translation says that the eyes of your understanding be opened, that you would know what is the hope of the calling. Of, in other words, he's saying, I hope that your, that your eyes would be opened so that you would understand what I want to do in and through your life. Can somebody say amen? Praise God. We almost had a crash right there. That was scary. My heart just began to race. What I want to show you is this. God is saying, I have saved you. I have cleansed you. I have washed you. I have laid out a perfect plan for your life. Not only have I laid out a perfect plan for your life, it is my desire that you see the plan, that you see the purpose that I have for your life. Not only that you see it, but that you have an understanding of why I'm doing and desire to see it happen in your life. He is exposing us to everything. You see, exposure is everything. Jesus came to expose us to the truth. Without proper exposure to God's plan and purpose for your life, you will never accomplish the thing that God wants you to accomplish. Without the proper exposure to the things of God, you will never be the person that God desires that you will be or you will never be the person that God has called you to be without that exposure. Paul is saying this, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be opened, that you would remove the scales from your eyes, that you would see and understand the plan that I have for your life that you would be exposed to the plan the purpose and the things that I desire to see happen in your life why is it important to be exposed to the purpose and plan of God in your life here's the reason why because if you are if you're not properly exposed to the purpose and plan of God for your life you will be abused instead of properly used that's why you need to know the master's plan or a master plan for your life because God wants to do great and wonderful things in your life. Because if you don't know the plan of God and you don't have an understanding of the plan of God, then people will abuse you with their agenda for their lives. That was good preaching right there in case you missed that. That was already good preaching, and I'm just barely out of the shoot this morning. But you will never know the plan of God unless you are fully exposed to the things of God that He has for your life. I think one of the best things that can happen sometimes that God can ever do for you is to give you a taste of what could be. Can I say that again? I think one of the greatest things that God can do for you and for me is to just give you a taste of what could be. Just a little taste. Psalm 34 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I I was thinking about, oh, tasting. I probably did this part of this segment of this message when I was hungry. (laughs) And I thought about, have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? It's like the worst thing you can possibly do. I have gone to the grocery store sometimes so hungry. And it's like I find myself Normally what I do is I make kind of a, a skirt on the outside, pick up some apples, pick up some bananas, pick up some milk, pick up some yogurt, pick up a few things like that, blah, blah, blah. But then when I'm really hungry, I find myself going up and down every aisle, checking things out. Hadn't had that in a while. That looks awfully good. And then I get to the restaurant and I'm like, what did I get that for? I don't eat that anymore. What am I doing? But when you're hungry, you will pick up things. Am I, any, am I the only one that does that? It's a dangerous thing to go to the grocery store. I mean, and you will buy more than you went in for. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can go out to the Sam's Club and you can have a full meal. Seriously. You can have a full meal while you shop. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's a great thing. I have gone out there before and walked through the door hungry again and all of a sudden thought, I smell sausage cooking. There is sausage cooking somewhere in this store. Oh y'all sitting there acting like y'all have never gone and done that. I mean, I get through the door, and it's like, ooh, I felt God. There's sausage cooking somewhere in this store. And I pretty much got it figured out where they're cooking it now. I know where they're going to be stationed. So I kind of, all of a sudden, I feel my baskets being drawn back to the back corner back there. You know you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like I can't control my basket. It's like gone. And you get back to the back back there, and there's that little lady with the hairnet on and everything. You know, you know the lady I'm talking about. Y'all know. And she goes, hi. Would you like a sausage? And I'm thinking, a sausage? What do you mean, a sausage? Get me, do I look like I want a sausage? But she's older than I am. At this point, they're older than I am. At this point. And then the most wonderful thing happens. They take the lid off. And there they are. All them little sausage cut up with little toothpicks all in them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Little toothpicks, cute little toothpicks, and they got those little fuzzy things on the end. You know what I'm talking about, cute little toothpicks. And I'll, I'll reach down and she say, would you like one? And I said, yes. Now, you need to know this going into this. No one called them and said, hey, I just want you to know Pastor Mike's on the way out there and he's hungry. Can y'all whoop up a batch of sausage? That's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. But you go out there and you get this. Because what they're doing is they're wanting you really to buy a three-pound bag of their sausage. You're hearing what I'm saying? Because they know this. If they can just give you a little taste, just a little taste of it. Now, I don't know about you, but chances are if you can get a taste of it, you're probably going to buy it. I have done I have I've gone out there, picked up one of those little sausages, had the little sausage, carried on. Because you, you can go around the store, they've got vegetables in one location. They got huh? Cheese in one location. You've been out there, haven't you? You have you have grazed among the best, I can tell you. Meat, and then you can find the finally find a place that has dessert. I mean you can get it all right there and go home satisfied. Now, I have on occasion, I have to confess. They say confession is good for the soul. I have on occasion looked down and thought, I got my shades. Put my shades back on. <laughs> Circle back around, because she's old. <laughs> Circle back around. and She said, would you like a sausage? Sure would. Oh, you laugh, pray for me because I'm still working on things, okay? I still have some issues to overcome, not like you guys, but I mean, I'm I'm working on it, all right? But I mean, their goal is is to sell you that big package, that three-pound package, and the chances are when you taste it, you're going to buy it. Why? Because you've been exposed to it. You had a taste. Now, what they're doing is by cooking and causing your senses to pick up on that wonderful aroma is they're exposing you to their product. That's what they're doing. And they understand that once the consumer has tasted and sampled that product and likes it, they'll buy into that product. And they will continue, not just that particular time, but they will continue over a period of time to buy into that product. Why? Because you've been... Exposed to it. Now I want to tell you something that I think is important. I want to touch on just a few things and, and get right into what I want to talk about today. I believe that one of the most difficult groups of people to work with are people who have been underexposed. I'm not talking spiritually right now. I'm talking about people that have been underexposed. I, I'm, I'm very I was thinking this morning. I was very, I was thinking out. I said, God, I'm thankful that you pulled me out of a little hole-in-the-wall town in Arkansas, and you you have allowed me over all of these years of ministry to be exposed to many, many cultures, many different ethnic groups, because it has, I'll be honest with you, it has blessed me. I I love the fact that I'm able to relate to many, many different ethnic groups today, not just people who look like me and think like me, it's really been forced upon me in one way, but I love it. One of the reasons I love it is because it has opened a door to various foods. I mean, I'm very thankful for my upbringing. I'm very thankful for the things that, that have been brought into my life, but I'm also very, very, very thankful for the Hispanic culture. I'm very thankful for enchiladas. Come on, somebody refried beans, rice. I'm very thankful for sopapillas. Anybody can get a witness in here. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm very thankful for the oriental foods that God has brought into my life, the Asian foods, the wonderful things. And you see, what happens is many people, many times, many times when they haven't been exposed to other things, and this is what happens. Many times when you haven't been exposed to other cultures, other different ethnic groups, what happens then is, is those type of people become judgmental. Come on. They become judgmental. They become narrow-minded. They become critical. They even become mean, many times mean. And the reason is, is, is because you think that your entire world hinges on just your experiences. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the reality of it is, is your entire world really does just hinge and revolve around your experiences. And some of you here today have limited yourself because you've been underexposed to different cultures or to different ethnic groups. The reality of it is, let me give you an example. The world as you see it is based on your limited opinions and your limited experiences of life. That's the world that you know, and that to you should be the world. Where you've lived, where you've worked, where you've been. So what happens, catch this, so what happens, this is extremely important to hear this, what happens is you make permanent decisions based on partial information, You don't really have the clear picture, but you've already made up your mind of how it should be. And really, it's based on partial information. Let me switch that to the spiritual side of life. The same is true many times with God. What happens when you're not fully exposed to the presence of God and to the Word of God? May I just insert right here, that's why we worship That's why we worship. I I, I sat there this morning in the middle of worship and God God dropped in my heart. And I want you to hear this this morning. God is taking this church to a new level of worship. He desires to take us into a new worship experience that we have never experienced before. And I believe that God is doing that through this vessel, this man of God right here. Let me encourage you. This is why we worship. Why do I worship? You say, well, I don't know the song. Well, learn it. Learn it. Why do I worship? Because it, it takes up time of our service. That's just what we've always done. It has nothing to do with time. The reason I worship is this. Catch this. Is because there are times I come. I'm back to the question. How do you keep going? How do you keep making it? How do you keep your chin up? How do you not just throw in the towel? Here's how. Because I enter into worship. I enter into worship. I may come in discouraged. My soulish realm, my mind, my will, my emotions may be down, may be discouraged, but what happens is I enter into worship. God's spirit passes my soulish realm, my mind, my will, and emotions and goes right to my spirit and says, everything's going to be all right. You're coming through this. You're going to make it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to make it? I don't know, but all I know is God has dropped in my heart. You're coming through this. You're going to make it. You keep holding on. Don't you give up. don't walk away don't throw on the towel don't quit now you're on the verge of breakthrough and i can leave here thinking how in the world you see that's how he gives us a peace that passes my understanding down inside i have a peace in my mind i'm thinking how in the world do i have a peace i don't know but I, all i know is it's there that's touching his spirit when you touch his spirit and his spirit touches your spirit he can drop it in there that's why i worship That's why I get into the Word. That's why we come together to to hear and to receive the Word of God down in our spirit. Why? Because the, the faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Your faith is being built up today. That's why we study. So what we're doing when we worship and when we get into the Word of God is exposing ourselves to a higher way of living. So because all this is good, Because you are underexposed to his presence and to his word. Oh, this is good. You make decisions based on your limited experience. Back to the question. How do I not give up? How do I not throw in the towel? The people that are around me that are closest to me will tell you he's not faking it. I have a tenacity that gets stronger as I get older. I have a faith in God that gets stronger as I get older. You say you haven't been through anything. You don't have a clue what I've been through. You're clueless. If I told you everything i had been through, you'd be in tears and running up here and hugging me after the service. You don't have a clue. You don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You think you do. You don't. So don't have a prejudice. Prejudge me, not knowing me. Because you've been underexposed to something, his word, his presence, you make poor choices because you have limited... This is so good. You have, because you're underexposed, you make poor choices because now you have limited options. Let's go back to the eating thing. Had I not exposed myself to other cultures and other ethnic groups, I'd be eating the same thing. Hamburgers all the time. And I I have found out, coming out of Arkansas, there's more than hamburgers and chicken legs. Thank God. Amen? There's more than squirrel and dumplings. I didn't say chicken and dumplings. I said squirrel and dumplings. See, it used to be easy for me to give up. It used to be easy for me to walk away. It used to be easy for me to throw in the towel because I hadn't been fully exposed to His presence and to His Word. And when I became fully exposed to His presence, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about just not going through lip service. I'm talking about genuinely worshiping Him, entering into His presence, shutting everything else aside, not worrying about what other people thought, Just being in his presence, I was exposed to something that changed me. When I got into the word of God, I mean really into the word of God. You can grow up in church and not know the word. Just because you carry a Bible doesn't mean you know it. I probably have 25 Bibles, but if I don't break it open and read the thing, so I got 25 Bibles. So what happened here is all of a sudden... I was exposed to something, even though things look bleak, even though there are times when things look hopeless, even though there are times when things look discouraging, and I feel despair and and, and this wonderment of thinking, how am I going to make it? What am I going to do? Where are we going to see this? When are we going to see this turn around? Because I was exposed to his presence and his word, I began to realize, you know what? I have some options now that I didn't have and didn't understand that I have. The problem is, is that we continue to make decisions based, hear hear this, we continue to make decisions based on the opinions of others, based on the opinions of God. What is God's opinion? You want to hear his opinion, you find it in his word. So what happened is you live in a prison, you live locked down in a prison because you are basing your life just simply on the opinions of other people. And may I add right here, people who look like you, act like you, dress like you, think like you, feel like you, talk like you, come on. Some of you need to break out of the, listen, if you're the smartest person in your circle, you need to enlarge your circle. If you're the the go-to person that everybody goes to in your circle, you need to enlarge your circle. Or is it an ego trip for you? Well, I like being the go-to person. Well, eventually you will burn out. Some of you need to get around some people that are going to stretch you. Some people are going to challenge you. Some people that are going to encourage you. Some people that are going somewhere. Let me encourage you to do that. Some of you, let me encourage our young people. Some of our young people are saying, this is what I want to do. And that's what I want to do with my life. Place yourself around someone who is doing that exact thing successfully. Find yourself who, who is a doctor, a successful doctor, and pattern your life after them. Learn from them instead of... you. Listen, don't create the will all over again. Learn from their wisdom. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from them. Let them challenge you. Let them stretch you. You want to be a basketball coach? Get yourself around Reggie Franklin. Let him stretch you. Let him tell you the, the do's and the don'ts of being a basketball coach. Whatever it is that you want to do, find someone like them. Get outside of your circle because at the end of the day, you may look at it and go, I really don't want to do that after all. One of the first things I tell people to say, I'm called to the ministry. You know what I tell them? This is my advice to you. If you really think you're called to the ministry, this is the first thing I tell them. If you can do anything else in the world and be happy, you're not called. If you can sell cars if you can become a lawyer or a doctor and be happy with that, you're not called. But if there's something down inside of you, start pursuing something and there's something drawing you, more than likely you're called. Get around some people that will stretch you, someone going somewhere. I want to tell you right now, if you, if you ever get exposed to his presence, if you ever get exposed to his words, his word it's going to enlarge you. It's going to broaden your opinion or your options. Listen to what the word says in Isaiah 54. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. What's a habitation? It's where I live. So stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. In other words, get ready for increase where you live. He says, spare not. In other words, think big. Think past where you are. Think past yourselves. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left hand. Think about that. He says you shall break forth on the right hand and the left hand. In other words, things are about to break loose for you. You need to get ready. You need to prepare yourself for where God is wanting to take you. This is what God sent me to tell you this morning, and I'm almost done. And I want you to hear this. The life that God gave you is bigger than the life you're living. Think about that. The life that God gave you is bigger than the life that you're living today. I'll be honest with you. I can appreciate somebody who tastes something and says, you know what? I don't like that. How many of y'all ever tried to get your kids, just taste it, just, just taste it, just taste it? You know what I mean? Y'all ever tried to do that with your kids? Can we vote again? Humor me, humor me this morning. Have you ever done that? You've never done that, Reese? You've never tried to get your kids to taste anything? Reese, get a life. I can appreciate somebody that says, you know what, I don't like that. But to sit there and look at it and not taste it and make a decision? I don't understand that. The life that God has given you is what? Bigger than the life that you're living. You see, what I understood is this. How do I keep going? Do I ever get discouraged? Sure. Do I ever feel despair? Of course. That would make me not human. Some of you think I'm not anyway, but I am. But here's the difference. Once I was exposed to his presence, not just once, but what I knew it to understand it to be exposed to his presence and still being exposed to his word, the reason it's easy to give up, hear this and I'm done. The reason it's easy to give up is because if you're not properly exposed to his presence and his word, you have limited your options. Because here's what happens. It's easy to give up because that's all I know is to give up. It's easy to throw in the towel because that's all I know to throw in the towel. It's easy to walk away because really that's what, was, that's what I was taught when my dad walked away. So you just walk away. Those things are things that we're taught. I I grew up in a negative environment, a negative atmosphere. I mean, the bottom line is, why fight for it? If it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. Well, I don't buy into that anymore. Really? Because I found out that anything worth having is worth fighting for. And one of the things I began to realize as I got exposed to the Word of God and the presence of God are the options that were made available to me. See, I began to realize that I don't have to give up. I begin to look at a situation. Here's an example. I can look at a situation and go, you know, that situation is impossible. So in my mind, it's impossible. So the easy thing to do is to what? Quit and walk away. Why even bother? Why even start because it's already impossible, even before I get started? It's not gonna happen because it's impossible. Or I can look at my other option and say, you know what? I know in the natural that looks impossible, but I've been exposed to something greater that says nothing is impossible to him that believes. You see, I can look at my situation and go, you know, I don't know how in the world, I know this is has already been started, but I don't know how this thing is going to be completed. I don't know how in the world God is going to complete this in my life. I could look at it and go, you know, let's just leave it like it is or understand that I have an option now of realizing Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, knowing this, being confident of this very thing that he that began a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. You know, I could look at a sickness and a disease and say, you know, and just roll over like many people do and go, you know, this is just fate. This is just the way it's going to be. This is just the way I'm going out. Or I can look at my other option and say, you know what? The Word of God tells me I can sit here and die if I want to or the other option that I have according to the word because I've been exposed is to say that by his stripes I was healed the healing has already been claimed for me you know I can look at my children's situation and say you know I just don't know what I'm going to do with my family I don't know how things are going to work out I just don't know if my children are ever going to really serve God or I can look at my other options anybody here today or am I just talking to myself today I can look at I can look at my other options and say, you know what? Here's an option instead of giving up on my family, giving up on my children, giving up on my grandchildren. I can understand that, that this, that being confident of this, that me, as for me and my house, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, we're going to serve the Lord. You see, what happens when you are exposed, it gives you some options, hallelujah. You ought to praise God for the options he's given you. Hallelujah. I can look at my financial situation and go, Well, I just don't think things this is as good as it's going to ever be ever good for me. This is just the way it's gonna be. Or I can say, you know what? Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. You see, any situation you look at, what God has done is you can look, you can say, Look, this is death and destruction, but God has given you options of life, hallelujah. And I choose life today. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I choose life, hallelujah. That is how I keep standing. That is how I keep going. I may be discouraged and go, I don't know how in the world. How in the world? It doesn't matter anyway. I'm in this world. I'm just not of this world. You see, that's why it's important to get in his presence and in his word. Because it gives you options. Aren't you thankful for all the options he's given you? What situation is is, is bothering you today? family, finances, sickness, disease. He's given you options. Or because you've been underexposed, are you just going to roll over and take it? What I'd do, once again, it's going to require some effort on your part. And I figured out, you know what? I can live a miserable life or I can get in the Word and find myself some options. Is that light getting brighter or am I just eyes dimming? (laughs) I felt my pupils go. (whistles) I thought I can't see. (laughs) I can't see. I have options. By his stripes I can see. (laughs) I just can't write this moment. God is good. I, I, I came this morning to encourage you. To tell you that you have some options available to you. That maybe you haven't tapped into. That maybe you need to be reminded about this morning. So next Sunday when we come to worship, and, and, and I hope you're worshiping not just on Sunday morning. I hope you're worshiping in your car. I hope you're worshiping at your house. I know there are people here that have worship music playing at their homes all the time. And that's a great thing. Pop in a CD in your car. Worship on the way to work. You'll go in there with a different attitude. Some of y'all need to. Can't hurt. Can't get no worse. Come on. What are your options? This is honestly how I live my life. People have asked, how do, you, how do you keep going? What do you do? What's the key? That's the key. I get in his presence when I get discouraged. and I say, God, I am at the end of my rope. I have done everything humanly possible. It just looks impossible. And then I hear him whisper, oh, son. But with me... All things are possible to him that believe. God, I don't know about this mountain I'm looking at. And then he whispers, the mountain shall be removed and cast into the sea. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And he whispers, son, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. You see, that's why it's important because at the right time, at the right moment, that right word will come up. And one word can change your life, change your countenance, change your perspective, change your attitude, change your outlook. And there be some folks think you're crazy, because some of them know what you're going through, and they go, I, "I think he's gone over the edge. Some, he snapped. He snapped. He look how happy he looks. He's like snapped. He's done for God. What's going on? I've come too far yes, sir. to turn back now. Yes, I know. I know." I know too much now. He's brought me through too much. The devil should have had me down, should have killed me when I was down. He had a chance. It's over. I'm up and going now. Will I have more discouraging times? Just like you, of course. But how am I going to deal with them? His word and His presence give me options. You have some options today. Some people sitting there going, Is it that easy? It is, but it's going to require work on your part. It will. It will change your life. The Bible tells us that we should meditate on the Word day and night. Really, it even talks about the meditation there. It's talking about muttering. Anybody in here old enough to just mutter? Old people start muttering. We just mutter around, talking, talking, talking. That's what it's talking about. Just talk about the Word all the time. Talking, talking about the Word. And God's going to do some great things. I'm not giving you some pie in the sky, you know, this is, life's going to be a breeze all the way to the end. The thing that I've realized, and and I'm thankful for the people, honestly, I'm seriously, sincerely mean this. I'm thankful for the people that have an easy life and just coast right on in. I'm happy for them. But for me, life's been a fight. Everything I have, I've had to fight for. Everything I have, every inch that I've gained, we've had to just fight and scrape And roll up our sleeves and fight a fight of faith. It hasn't been easy. And I'm telling you, by nature, I just, the easy thing is to walk away. But that was my old nature. My new nature says, just wait and see. It will happen. Just this morning, God dropped in my heart. He said, son, just be patient. Just be patient. Most people think I'm not a patient person. I'm one of the most and I realize this, I'm one of the most patient people. I have become patient. I'll be honest, I didn't pray for it. But I have become patient. Because I can wait and wait and wait. How do I wait now? Knowing that what God said he would do, he will do. I just got to wait to see it fulfilled. See, we yell and scream at the, the scripture says, being confident of everything that he that began to work will, will bring to completion. Cause yeah, it's going to complete it. He didn't say when. Didn't give us a date. And what I tell God is this. The things that you have promised me have no expiration date. They will be fulfilled. How many of you today are in the middle of a struggle, difficult time, hard time, challenging time? And you've been sitting there thinking, struggling all week, but you'd say today, you know what? I'm thankful for this word today because I remember now I have some options, some God options. If that's you, I want you to stand this morning. Sure, would you come? Would want you to stand this morning. I'll be honest with you. The devil did everything he could this week to shut me down on this message. Tuesday, I woke up with the worst sore throat I've ever, ever had. Had no voice for a week. I mean, gone. When I would swallow yogurt, it felt like somebody was putting knives in my throat. And it's the most amazing thing. I just kept saying, God, I need healing. I need healing. I need healing. And they always tease me because I'd, I hate going to the doctor. I just don't like to go. It's just a waste of time. you got to sit there. And then what I don't like about it is you're sitting there with all the other sick folk. If you ain't got something, you're going to get something. I mean, I, you know, I love doctors, and I'm thankful for the, you know, what they do for us. But I just don't like going. And then they tease me and say, well, yeah, you go to the doctor, and then you get the prescription, but you don't get it filled. I think just going to the doctor and getting a prescription should be enough. I don't know. you got to get the thing filled. So Friday, Friday at lunch, I mean, I went, I left, I had, I left here, I, I thought, I'm not stopping. I left here, and there are times I go down, and I have to. I left here, I had the worst headache. My throat was killing me, and I was nauseated. I thought, really? Really? Three things now? Really? I thought, let's just go eat. See, that's my cure for everything. Let's go eat. I thought, it's either going to make me better, or I'm going to really have to run out the restaurant. We'll see what happens. So, I mean, it was just torture. And an hour after I finished eating, headache was gone. Nausea was gone. And my throat, and I mean, in an hour, just like that, cleared up. Gone. I mean, it's like somebody flipped a switch and it stopped hurting that quick. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you for healing. I came this morning to encourage you, to tell you that you have Some options. I don't don't count myself anything special. Because I know me better than anybody. But sometimes we, we look at pastors, and I know I have over the years, and we think, well, they're at a different level. I'm not at a different level than you. I have the same issues, the same struggles, the same heartaches, the same difficulties that you have. I have to walk through the same life that you do. And I believe that God teaches us and instructs us and shows us so that we can also teach those around us. So what I'm telling you, this works. It works. Will you get discouraged? Sure. Will you you feel maybe discouraged and even depressed? Possibly. Will you feel overwhelmed? Yes. But it's during those times that you go, okay, God, this is what I'm feeling, but I know this is not where you want me to stay. I have options through you. Jesus came to show you a higher way of living move into it this week we come and worship next week move into his presence shut, shut everything else out when you come to receive the word come to receive it for you and take it as directly to you because that's how God operates